Welcome to Skip the Queue, a podcast for people working in or working with visitor attractions. I'm your host, Kelly Molson. Each episode, I speak with industry experts from the attractions world. These chats are fun, informative, and hopefully always interesting. In today's episode, I speak with Mark Ellis, Head of Visitor Experience at the National Memorial Arboretum. We discuss their brand new augmented reality experience, tips for other attractions thinking about investing in new technology, and the Memorial Woodland being created in partnership with the National Forest, set to commemorate all the lives lost during the pandemic. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and all the usual channels by searching Skip the Queue. Good morning, Mark. It is absolutely lovely to speak to you for the first time today. I feel like we've chatted a lot on Twitter. I know, Kelly. First... It, feel, it feels like your voice is very familiar, and likewise, <laughs> it feels like we've chatted a lot. So uh, it's a delight to be here. Thanks for asking. You are very welcome. Before we start, actually, I would like to say um, a very public thank you to you, Mark, because I think that you are one of our most engaged listeners. And that really means a lot to us. I think every episode that we put out, you always go to a lot of effort to kind of tweet about it and say what you liked about it. And you tag people in on our Twitter account who you think that might be really interested in listening to it. And I'm really, really grateful to that. So thank you. Oh, thanks, Kelly. Maybe I'm just a frustrated marketeer at heart. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take it that you're a, a you're a skip the cube. I am. No, it's a fabulous podcast, podcast and uh, it's uh, helped and inspired us a lot, particularly over the last 12 months. So, uh, oh. no, I only I only retweet and tag because uh, it's so brilliant. So thank you. Oh, well, that is lovely to hear. Thank you. But that doesn't mean that you don't get away with answering some of my oh, quite, quite me nice breaker questions, unfortunately. OK, let's go in. When you hit the dance floor, what is your signature move? Oh, I'm a, I'm the world's best dad dancer. I am. I've got all the. Ah, I move my hips left and right, left foot forward, right foot forward. Bit of funny stuff going on with the arms, and then you know, if we get some electro funk going on, the arms are pumping up in the air as well. Yeah, electro funk. All right, I'm yeah. remember, Late I'm night remember that. at a festival in a field with a few pints of cider. Oh, no one dances better. <laughs> I feel like we need, we're going to need a demo of this when we're all allowed to meet properly in real life. We need to see this, Mark. We'll do it. <laughs> okay. If if you were in a zombie apocalypse, which, I mean, yeah, considering... It's not far, the, far no, considering what's been thrown at us the last, like, year and a half, I mean, that could happen. <laughs> Who would you want on your team? Oh, uh, I'd, have, uh, I'd have the Doctor, obviously. You know, no problem to bad no villain he can't defeat with a bit of wit and panache and charm he or her whichever whichever mm-hmm. incarnation of the doctor it happens to be i started with tom baker love david tennant love matt smith jody whittaker's taken it to new and brilliant places so yeah i'd have the doctor every time it's a really good choice it's a really good choice okay good okay and what is the strangest gift that you have ever received bootlaces <laughs> someone bought you bootlaces yeah was that, that was a birthday the, present that was christmas present that was the year when i bought my lovely fantastic gorgeous wife uh, some diamond earrings and she bought me <laughs> some bootlaces wow <laughs> this was this was probably i don't know 15 or 20 years ago she she did tell me that she was busy making me something um i've no idea what and i'm still waiting so uh, so yeah the bootlaces uh bootlaces were a classic okay so she bought you something to unwrap yeah 
with the premise that there was something else coming. <laughs> to be very fair, just before Christmas, I broke a pair of boot laces and my boots were held on, you know, with a knotted bit of string. So it was practical and thoughtful and considerate and practical. So, you know, it was it was a very good gift. This is what us women do. Always thinking ahead. <laughs> we knew that was going to happen. <laughs> OK, Mark, what is your unpopular opinion? Well, before that, Kelly, I've got a nice breaker for you because I like to uh, oh, I like to turn oh. the tables. So okay. your podcast is brilliant uh, and you have that uncanny knack of making it feel like it's just a chat between you, your guest and a listener. And that pulls everybody in. So if you could have coffee and a chat with one broadcaster dead or alive who would it be oh my gosh I was not expecting to be tested this morning <laughs> with the nice nobody's done this to me yet I'm so sorry who would be my who would be the broadcaster I would sit down and speak to there's quite a few that I can think of but um, I'm gonna go current because I really I really love this person I'm gonna say Greg James from the the BBC breakfast show and I know that I have you know stolen his unpopular opinion segment which hopefully he won't find out about at any point or maybe he will and he'll really appreciate that you know I'm inspired by him but um I just think he's great I just think he's really fun what he's done with that breakfast show it's completely transformed it he's also a local lad so he's from Bishop Stortford originally and um I'm from Waltham Abbey which is not too far but we live in Saffron Walden now and the office is in Sawbridge so I feel like we've I feel like we we would be friends because we're from the same kind of area. Do you know what I mean? Excellent. We could sit Excellent. down, have a pint. We should be we should definitely be buddies, Greg, if you're listening. Brilliant, great choice. Well done, and sorry <laughs> about that. I'll behave myself as a guest now. <laughs> be right as well, Mark. So, so unpopular should. opinion. I thought long and hard about this and didn't know whether to go with the incredibly trite or something a bit more meaningful. And actually, somebody said something to me over the weekend that just just sparked me going with this one which is uh when people go with the customer service advice of treat other people like you like to be treated yourself which really winds me up because do you know what why don't we treat other people like they want to be treated so you know if I treat everybody like I treat myself then I'm going to disappoint an awful lot of people and my case in point would be um if I was running a restaurant which I do as part of my job I don't eat fish I don't like fish I've never liked fish so if I treat everyone like I want to treat myself there'd be no fish on the menu our incredibly popular fish friday would be a bit of a disappointment so yeah don't treat people like you want to be treated yourself find out how they want to be treated and go with that i love that that's a really do you know what i've actually never thought of it that way but you're absolutely right let's see what our listeners think if you uh, if you don't think that's an unpopular opinion then well tweet us tweet us yeah we'll us have a tweet war about, about it yeah let's have a tweet war about it okay Thank you for sharing those, Mark. That's no problem. So um, I want to just, I want to ask a little bit about your background because you've got quite, it's quite interesting. So you've been at Twycross Zoo mm-hmm. and English, English Heritage. Yeah. And now you're at the National Memorial Arboretum. Can you tell us kind of how you, how you got to there? Like how you ended up there? Well, you know, there's two versions of this story. One is it was a, a bunch of random factors that ended up with where I am, or, or I can post-justify and, and sort of, you know, describe a, a thought-out plan all the way through. The truth is, is uh, when I was a little boy, I wanted to drive one of those cranes with a ball and chain on that uh, demolishes buildings. Um, never got that chance, so uh, ended up on a retail career path on in high street retail, uh, which which was great. Worked for a company called Rohan for many years, doing travel and outdoor clothing. 
absolutely loved it really high service standards really quality product and you know that was that was great and and really learned some great customer service skills uh, on that on that journey moved on from that uh the tales of redundancy and uh, and all the rest of it that you know many people's careers uh involve and ended up moving to uh, to Twycross Zoo as you say initially as head of retail taking those uh hard won high street retail experiences into the into the visitor attraction area Twycross Zoo is not far from where I grew up. I've known it for many, many years. It's a place that's special in my heart. So really, really enjoy joining the team there. And, and pretty quickly realised that, that maybe the guest services, the services team could do with uh, the benefit of some, some additional thinking. So ended up running the, the visitor services department as well. And that's really, I guess, where I, I made the hop over from pure retail into, into visitor attractions um, and, and had a great time there and you know zoos are just fantastic places to to work you've got uh, thousands of animals doing the hard job uh, of keeping visitors happy you're just making sure there's a great experience uh, wrapped around that ended up moving on from there again uh, financial crash of 2008 and restructuring and and all the rest of it so uh, a bit of a hard hit on that one and then worked for pdsa the pet, pet charity for a while which really enabled me to put complete a finisher on my cv uh, which had been possibly missing up to uh, up to that point. And uh, I'm sure some of my colleagues will smile at the thought that, uh, you know, I needed to prove I was a complete finisher as uh, I do tend to, to get slightly distracted by new and shiny things. Okay, and well, like you're an go, ideas person. Yeah, That's very much so. Broad, broad, broad overview is, is the way I like to think <laughs> of it. Um, but managed a couple of, of projects at PDSA, uh, an EPOS rollout, some reporting things. So it's really detailed and, uh, uh, and good work uh, with, with some brilliant people there. Then got the, the chance, uh, English Heritage had been through a period of, of not recruiting, uh, they'd restructured what they were doing, um, and I was sort of in the first tranche of people, they went out and recruited a, a new group in. And, and some, you know, really brilliant people at, at English Heritage made some, some lifelong friends uh, while I was, was working there. Certainly met some of your previous guests, Paul Griffiths, uh, for, for instance. Yes. Uh, we, sh- we shared about three months together at English Heritage, actually. I started just, uh, just as he was going, um, and really just did enjoy that looked after an area from uh, Peveril Castle Caston up in the Peak District all the way across uh, Norfolk Suffolk uh, the, the East Midlands so a huge area with everything from 5,000 year old flint mines uh, Grimes Graves in Thetford Forest uh, through to uh, late 19th century windmills so you know it really was a, the, the, the full breadth of English history. Thoroughly enjoyed that and was, was you know, settled to, to keep developing career there. Um, and then the, the opportunity that the National Memorial Arboretum uh, came up. They were looking for a uh, head of commercial operations at the time. And, you know, I have to say it took me about half a second to decide whether it was a jump <laughs> I, I wanted to make. Um, again, Arboretum, I've, uh, we're 20 years anniversary this year of our official opening, so a relatively young site. Um, so going from, you know, Neolithic Flint Mines to, to an Arboretum that's only 20 year old was, was quite, a, quite a change. But yeah, join the team here and working with, again, brilliant people, uh, hopefully making a, a real impact to the way people remember and enjoy outdoor spaces um, and, and think, about, uh, think about the past. 
Great journey. I love that. I really, I find it quite fascinating listening to how people get to where they are because it's always kind of a bit squiggly and I quite like that. There's always like a little bit of a twist and turn. It's never a straight line. Yeah, I'm always slightly jealous. You know, the people that say they thought about what they wanted to do when they were at school and they've followed a progression and done it in some ways I think well well done you but you know I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up other than drive that crane with the ball and chain on it so uh, you know we'll, we'll see what the future brings I wanted to be a dancer well there you go yeah I wanted to be a dancer on the West End stage because I when I was younger I was a I was really into kind of like tap dancing and modern and, and acrobatics and stuff like that and I thought yeah that's what I'll do I'll be I'll be on the West End stage and I'll be a tap dancer but then you know you start to get a bit older and you're like mm, I'm a bit of an average tap dancer and I'm five and I'm five two it's probably never gonna happen <laughs> when we get together to do this big group dancing you're really gonna show me up with my dad dancing aren't you <laughs> oh gosh uh I do you know what the last time I put on a pair of tap shoes I was about 21 I went I decided to go back and do it as like a fitness thing and it was it was really fun but um mm. I could make a lot of noise with with the you know the Blakeys on the bottoms of my shoes right now, but I don't know if I could pull off any tap moves. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Let's see when it happens. <laughs> okay, so tell us if our listeners have never been to the NMA, tell us a little bit about what it is and what we can expect to find there. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's something that, that never comes over that well in the telling. It, it, it's a site that people have to come and really experience to appreciate. So that's a very open invitation to all your listeners from around the globe to head over to Staffordshire uh, and to come and find us. Uh, entry is free. So, you know, we're here ready to ready to welcome you. And what you'd find is 150 acres of relatively young woodland. Um, 150 acres, to put it into context, if you're doing your couch to 5K, then the 5K is about uh, around the perimeter of the of the site so it, it's a, a nice large site um young arboretum arboretum being a scientific collection of trees so we've got around twenty five thousand trees on site uh, every indigenous species in the in the uk is here and then we've got uh, examples of trees from from around the world as well and dotted throughout the trees you'll find uh, it's now around 400 memorials um to people that have served and sacrificed and have been lost um generally you know on behalf of of those of us uh, that are still here um about uh, 75 percent of the memorials are uh, armed forces related uh, and around 25% are civilian organisations so um, that includes police, fire, ambulance, uh, we've got things like the WI, Salvation Army, scouting so so we cover uh, a very broad spectrum. Um, the, the military ones cover uh, specific campaigns, uh, cover specific uh, regiments and, and associations and we're also uh, very proud to be the, the home of the Armed Forces Memorial uh, which is the, the national memorial uh, to all of our armed forces who have served and, and sacrificed um, and that has carved onto the walls the names of the, the 16,000 members of armed forces that have lost their lives uh, in active service or threats of terrorism um, since the end of the, the Second World War. So a, a very, very, very special place and, and very poignant. And it's easy for that to sound like it's a slightly uh, sombre uh, place. And, and certainly it is a place where people do come and reflect and remember. But of course, the, the final part of, of remembrance is generally happy memories. We, we mm-hmm. think about those that we've lost and it and always you know, brings a smile to the face and remember the good times. And actually, that, that's very much what the uh, Arboretum is. It's a living memorial. It's a growing memorial. It's ever developing. It's ever changing. And when people leave the site, um, they often use words like uplifting and life firming 
welcoming and, and joyous. Uh, we have around 250 uh, volunteers um, and they really do bring the, the Arboretum to life. We're all about storytelling and actually without the stories it, it, it's just memorials in woodland and, and it's the stories behind those memorials that really do um, tug at the heart and, and make people smile, make people laugh and make people cry and, and other things that, that are so important. Our volunteers do a great job of telling those stories and it's always done with, with a smile and a twinkle in the eye and, and remembering some some great times in amongst uh, some amazing stories of heroism and service and, and sacrifice. So yeah, it's uh, it's a very special place. Um, we uh, try and uh, operate in the, the best possible way. Uh, we've got a couple of award-winning buildings on site. So our Remembrance Centre, our Visitor Centre with, with a large restaurant, a shop, our dedicated classrooms it is very special. We've got our Chapel of Peace and uh, Reconciliation, uh, which uh, was the, the first building on site where we're the only place in the country that holds the uh, Act of Remembrance on a daily basis. Uh, and then in the building I'm talking to you from at the moment is our events and conference building, which opened uh, autumn 2018, uh, which is a, you know, um, state-of-the-art bespoke conference and, and events facility as well. So where we can host events for those uh, that are carrying out remembrance activities, but also opens up, uh, you know, corporate hire activities and, and uh, those important income streams as well. And um, I have to say that is where if we do a kind of live skip the queue conference, that is where it will be held, Mark, isn't it? Because we've already Brilliant. had that, Absolutely. that, that the mini there. discussion. Yeah. yeah, and the coffee's great. So uh. <laughs> I have to say it comes across, you know, what you were talking about in terms of um, it being a place of remembrance, but also a place of kind of celebration. That comes across really well on your website. I haven't actually had the opportunity to visit the centre yet. It is something that we've, we've again, we've had this conversation about about doing a little bit of a group, um, a little bit of a group uh, visit, haven't we, with some of the Absolutely. other Skip the Key podcast guests, which I'm sure we'll arrange for later on in the year. But um, it really does come across. It's a beautiful, beautiful venue, um, and it does come across as somewhere really, really special. And I think that that's important to to get that message across. That it is very much about remembrance, but also very much about celebration as well. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't have a sombre feel to it, the way that you present it and the way that you talk about it. And I think that is obviously, that helps to draw more people to come to it, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right, Kelly, and thanks for the uh, the feedback from an expert on the <laughs> on the website. Um, and you know, in the words of our founder, who, who uh, you know, back in the, the mid '90s, we were always designed to be a place that commemorates lives lost and celebrates lives lived. Uh, and it's getting that balance right. Um, and of course, you know, a, a lot of that is, is very personal uh, and depends uh, for each individual on where they are in their particular uh, journey. But uh, but no, we the feedback we get suggests that we we generally get that balance. Uh, uh, pretty much right and we're you know really pleased to be able to to provide that for people so let's go back to what you were talking about about stories because mm. I think that ties in really well with something that I'd like to talk to you about today so you've recently launched a brand new app experience yeah so and I love the name of this very <laughs> clever so it's it's called the AR Baritum hello Good, good, good use of pun there. Um, But it's augmented reality experience and it takes families on a journey to learn about everyday heroes. This, I mean, this sounds fabulous. We had, um, going back to our kind of early uh, first season of the podcast, we had Alex Book on from Arcade, who is an augmented reality, virtual reality specialist organisation. And they talked a lot about how, Actually, they talked quite a lot about how your how your guests 
maybe don't call them guests, call them players, you know, because you're getting them to interact with the building and the environment that they come to. And it was a re- it's, it's such an interesting concept. And I just love what you've done with this because it is a really kind of fun, interactive way of sharing those stories about the heroes that are part of, of that that place that you're, you're at. How, you know, how did this come about? Like, where, where did the idea for this start? Yeah, well, you know, mother is the, uh, no, uh, need is the mother invention, isn't it, is, uh, is the phrase I'm clumsily trying to get my head around there. So um, we've always done Easter activities on site, uh, you know, spent some, put some budgets aside and done something to attract people in. Uh, those are often built around um, a trail. Uh, a lot of our memorials have animals on them. So we'll do, a, you know, a, an opportunity for, for children to go around, find the animals, uh, put together an anagram and come back and, you know, grab their little chocolate treat from the, uh, from the welcome desk. And always very popular. And actually what works really well with that is, is getting uh, families to interact with the memorials as part of the, the activity. And that's very much what drives a lot of what we do is trying to make sure there's authenticity in there and it gives people an opportunity to learn more about the site. Um, so at the start of this year, of course, in January, we'd just gone into that extra lockdown and it was a pretty bleak time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about what we were going to do at Easter when we had no idea what sort of numbers we'd be able to uh, to attract on site. Um, but we still wanted something that would enable people to, to engage. And our head of participation and learning, uh, chap called Chris Ansell, who is a genius, uh, came up with a brilliant idea of actually taking uh, that budget and instead of spending it on a physical manifestation on site, which perhaps we made to get people uh, on site to, to involve, um, said, let's, let's go digital uh, and went away and came up with the idea of uh, an augmented reality. Um, I can't remember who first came up with the AR Baritum uh, idea, but as you say, it was uh, an inspired piece of, of naming. Um, and, and it does very much the same thing. There's there's three characters in the app, um, Blue, Kit and Sam. They are uh, sort of 13 to 15, probably. So they're pitched for the, the slightly younger uh, kids. It's that kind of aspirational age of, you know, um, the, the sort of 9, 10, 11-year-olds really want to be sort of the, the 13, 14, 15-year-olds. And, and we've given them, we give them a, a little bit of a, a backstory. So uh, Blue is probably connected to somebody that served in the armed forces, doesn't necessarily articulate that, but she's really interested in memorialization and the, the site from, from that aspect. Uh, we've got Kit. They are a um, very eco-centred person. They like to be out in the woods. They're probably more interested in the the bugs and the birds and uh, and all the rest of it. And you have to work quite hard to get their loyalty and and their friendship. But once you've got that, they're going to be, you know, incredibly uh, loyal and and friendly towards you. And then we've got Sam and he's the, you know, get in there and do it and, you know, action first, think later. Uh, He happens to have a pathetic leg, but that doesn't stop him getting stuck in and, and doing things. Probably, you know, if there's something going a bit wrong and a bit awry it's probably you know uh, uh sam that's in the in the middle of that so we created these characters um and then we we've created eight locations around the site uh where uh, there's a, a visual thing that you scan with your your phone and one or two or three of the characters pop up and they get you to do an activity and some of those are centered around the woodland so there's one where there's some well-being encourages you to do some uh sort of forest bathing and listening to the sounds around you there's some that's very much based on 
on uh, reflections at memorials. So in our, our poppy glade, you'll read out a poem about loss and moralisation and you, you think about and talk to the rest of your group uh, about what that means to you. And then some of a very physical on the beat, which is um, an area dedicated to the police. Uh, you do a beat test. So you do shuttle runs for a minute and, you know, you've got a minute at times and you see how many shuttle runs you can do. Uh, there's a hide and seek. There's some puzzle solving. So that there's a real mixture, something for everybody. And of course, something that ties into the, uh, the, the, the things that each of the three characters likes. You can take photos through the app and then uh, tag those and, and upload them onto, onto social media as well. So it really is a good way of uh, getting people to move around the site, taking some areas where perhaps people don't normally find things uh, and interact. You can come back and do them again. And the really good thing is we, we launched this at Easter. So normally that budget that we spend on Easter activities, you know, we'll, we'll do peak activity over the Easter weekend and then a little bit more uh, for the two weeks of the school holidays. Um, and we have the added complication we're right on the border of uh, four counties here and they all have different school holidays so the Easter holiday actually spans uh, three weeks of, of, of time and I'm sure we're not the only people with that, that complication um, but with this we took that money and, and we've run the app from uh, Easter um, and we'll finish it at the end of June just after Armed Forces Day which is a, a big weekend for us so it's covered sort of a three month period and it's in the bag we can always bring it back out and, uh, and run it again in the future and also we have the, the three characters um, who you never know might feature in uh, activities and on-site interpretation uh, in the future. My aspiration is we'll, we'll have models of them uh, that appear in the in the shop at some time. I love that. I love that there's that longevity to this, this thing you've created because which I had no idea about the, the, you know, how difficult that would be to plan your activities around all those different Easter holidays as well. Yeah. But also this is, it feels like it's something that could just run and run and run. You know, I, you've, you've put a window on it that it's going to end in June. Did you say June? It's going to yeah, yeah, end of June. End. Yeah. But that's something that, you know, potentially people would engage with all year round, depending on when they come to the site. So, you know, it's lovely that you've been able to invest so well in something that you can bring back and you can bring back year on year and maybe tweak and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And what, one of the, the really nice things, well, I think the, the, the characters are very authentic. Um, you know, as I said, they've all got that, that backstory. They've got very different uh, personalities. I think they're all relatable in, in different ways. And we actually uh, got a young person to uh, design them. We, we wrote a design brief and uh, a young person got hold of that. Uh, and she uh, produced uh, some characters, which we, we had a look at and thought, you know what, she's pretty much nailed that. So then worked with the, the app developer and designers and they came back to her on several occasions and uh, and used her designs going forward and um, as a bit of a skip the queue exclusive um, I'm really proud because I know that young person particularly well <laughs> and so it was it was my daughter that uh, that actually oh. did those initial designs and and it's really great and I think Something that really excites me is each of the characters uh, has some form of protected characteristic in there within their, within their story. And it's such a non-issue for uh, my daughter's uh, 13, 14 uh, next week. And it, it's such a non-issue. It, it's just, oh, you, you want, you know, people of uh, a different ethnic background or you want somebody that's uh, got a disability or you want someone that's non-binary. Yeah, fine. I'll, I'll, this is what they're going to look like. And that's the real hope for the future, isn't it? It is that uh, hopefully uh, as we, 
pass on to future generations. And part of what we do here is passing on the baton of remembrance to future generations. So we're we're very engaged with working with young people. Is hopefully that that just sort of acceptance of, of things that the older generations have have had to work hard to to understand. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's really interesting is that you've actually engaged with someone of that age to say what would you want? What would you want to see? How would you want these characters to be? Because that's something that I think, you know, potentially a lot of organisations don't necessarily do. Um, we're all guilty of it. You know, we, 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 you know, we design a website and we're testing it, but we're not potentially the user who should be testing it. So you need to think broadly about who your audience is and yeah. how you engage with them from the start of a project like this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was a proud dad and all the rest of it. And it was purely chance, you know, working at home. I just said to her, oh, you know, look at this brief. What do you think? Um, but what, it was the next stages that really were the, the eye opener for me um, is when the initial designs came back, we, we showed them to her. And it was just the little things like particularly it was Blue, the uh, girl character that was designed first. Um, and Harriet, my daughter, uh, was well, the eyes are just a little bit too big and the lips are just a bit too full and you know and effectively you know it wasn't childlike enough it was that kind of you know probably slightly more disneyfied um sort of um aspirational image that perhaps isn't the healthiest for us to be be pursuing so and, and it was subtle i mean it, it was a great design we'd have signed it off and, and it would have been fine but just that you know getting a, a, a younger person just to shape that final design i think you know really has given it that that added layer of authenticity and and we're very proud of of what we've what we've ended up with no oh, you should be i think it's fantastic but the real secret was chris's idea to come up with it in the first place and and to make the app work so well and tie it into the authenticity of the of the memorials that's the that's what makes it um you know the, the really special thing completely and and it to be i've got a list of questions here that i wanted to ask you you know why an app why augmented reality but you've answered them so perfectly <laughs> in the sense that you know you had these challenges and actually this digital application that you've that you've developed solved those challenges it solved the issue of the of the you know various different easter holidays that you've got you've now got something that's got longevity to it you've got something that people are really engaging with so i guess you know it, to ask you about kind of what the objectives were to start with my assumption is that it was about engaging people with different the different aspects of what the arboretum means to people mm-hmm. those stories behind it and like you say getting them in getting them to explore areas that they might not necessarily always go to you know if they're coming back time after time they might have their favorite places what do you think that the impact or the results of of that have been so far is it is it a bit too early to tell or can you see no we've we've had some some really really positive feedback we've had some really good download numbers so you know it's reached a large number of of people um not enough because like everybody else we've not got enough people on our sites at the moment with (laughs) constraints in place uh so and it's strange isn't it is actually judging things not necessarily on the straight metrics that you you use in the old world of actually you know what what does good look like now um but no we've had some some really good feedback we've seen people you know looking at some memorials in a bit more detail uh we've had people on dwell time is is up on site and you know yeah people just saying it's been great the kids have loved it um it's given us something to do uh we don't charge for it It, it, it's a a free app and a free to enter site um and you know i think it's got that educational twist to it as well as being fun so you know i think it's ticked uh ticked a lot of boxes but actually just seeing kids you know run up and down seeing how many shuttle runs they can do in a minute is uh is great to see (laughs) 
I'm definitely going to test that out. Can we just, because it might be a little bit later in the year, can we just reactivate it for that day yeah, when we come? Because I want to do the show runs. <laughs> there is a, a rather sad picture kicking around somewhere uh, that, that Chris took of me doing the shuttle runs in the in the rain when we were testing it. So uh, I think we need to see that on Twitter. To we, need to, we need to see that on Twitter, Mark. I'll see if I can drag it out. If, if there's no photos, then it didn't happen. Yeah, fair, fair, fair point. <laughs> and what about, so what, what, what kind of tips could you offer for if there is any organizations that are thinking about investing in this technology for whatever challenges they have that they want to overcome what what would be a few tips that you could give them about how you would approach that process I think it's uh, no we want to get out of it first so you know we started with an idea that we could do uh, uh, augmented reality but then the next thing was sitting down and saying uh, who's it for what are the characters what are the backstories what's the authenticity which memorials so actually we, we knew what we wanted to do with it before we went and engaged with um, uh, with, with somebody to deliver it and that meant that it was uh, it was a very specific uh, scope project scope when we went out to tender with it we knew exactly what we wanted to get out of it which probably stopped mission creep and you know somebody saying oh you could do this this that and the other and it meant that when it came back we weren't um you know, the, the, the quality of the digital experience is really, really good, but we weren't chasing, you know, uh, Pixar quality um, output from it. We knew, you know, it was delivering uh, what we wanted. Um, probably not as expensive uh, as, as perhaps people think. So with that tight scope, um, it didn't cost, you know, um, much more than we'd normally spend on our, on our Easter activities uh, with that added benefit of a bit of uh, longevity in there. So, yes, it does cost money, but it, it certainly wasn't uh, a bank breaker. And, and having a limited budget, you know, again, when you go out to tender, uh, gives people the opportunity to, to scope what they're going to give you um, against that. So, yeah, I think authentic, know what you want and uh, explore the financial possibilities. It, it might be uh, more within reach than perhaps people, uh, people think it is. That's really interesting. And, you know, all this digital technology is, is becoming more accessible all the time isn't it so uh, there are opportunities out there yeah it absolutely is and I think you're right that it's that it's about scoping what you want and giving people the opportunity to say okay well we can do this much of it for that budget or we can do this much for that budget you know that let's it's it's kind of like a starting point isn't it but yeah it's good that you said about you know don't be scared by a new technology because I think that there is still a, a an element of overwhelm about like people don't understand how much kind of digital costs yeah. Um, and there's still probably a lot of education that we can do around that. Definitely from a, a web perspective, and um, we yeah. AR isn't anything that we do ourselves. But I think that it sounds quite frightening, doesn't it? It sounds like it's going to be a very big, expensive project. Where actually, yeah. Yeah. what you've just described seems quite manageable. This is where I shamelessly uh, introduce other products into the into the conversation, um, but, but it, it supports what we move on to, uh, which we've just launched this week, which now run till the autumn, uh, which is our escape challenge, uh, which is where we take. Um, and again, this is Chris's idea. He really is a genius. You want to um, hold on to this, Chris? He sounds yeah, yeah great. absolutely. Well, <laughs> you, you should come on and 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 be a guest for you sometime, uh, Kelly. He's much better than me. Um, <laughs> um, but escape challenge, and again, this was a necessity being another invention. I said it right that. Time. Time is um, 
last year we wanted something to bring people onto site uh experiences uh, you know massive growth escape rooms massive growth so actually taking the escape room concept and delivering it to an outdoor uh environment so again a series of memorials uh, that you walk around with your uh puzzle book there's clues more there's clues in your, your puzzle book um this is a paid for one so we charge people to, to do this um two levels one uh pretty pretty tricky but uh, a a family will probably work their way through it the other one pretty pretty challenging you know it, it's uh, probably people that enjoy uh, the odd cryptic uh, crossword clue and, and and those types of things um takes two to three hours uh, eight clues uh, and this year's uh, based around our everyday heroes and people that have, have worked in the emergency services so it's based around uh, the work the police do we're dedicating the new uk police memorial uh, on site uh, this year which is is a spectacular memorial worth coming to see so it's based around that and basically there's a a gang planning a bank heist and and you're going to try and, and head them off at the pass and solve the clues and and solve the crime um so again you know a, a real opportunity to learn more about memorials and that you know you're looking for some really fine details of the memorials there and some of the symbolism and some of the stories but perhaps again you, you've walked past it a dozen times never noticed that so it just gets people to to look and that covers you know the rlni the police uh some of the, the fire service so so a lot of the, the the ambulance service so a lot of the the civilian organizations come through on uh, on this year's escape challenge so i love uh, that available live now it'll be here when you come up Kelly. Getting that oh good because i'll do the easy one obviously <laughs> i won't be doing that we're doing that difficult one we put a package together for uh corporate groups that want to come and, and do team building events here there's a, a corporate package built around that escape challenge as well which is is a great way to get you know uh execs to come in and scratch their heads uh, as well that's a really lovely idea as well actually because you've mentioned quite a few times that the arboretum it's free to visit and actually, a lot of these things that you're offering, they're free to do as well. So, you know, the challenge for, for you, I guess, is you need to drive revenue. You know, you, you can't be based solely on donations um, and charitable donations, you know, difficult at the best of times to get from people. So I think it's lovely that you're now starting to look at this, what you can offer people and bringing different groups of people in to kind of, you know, build that revenue base. It's really great. Yeah, no, and uh, generally, generally works very well for us. Summer Proms is a good one as well in August. Tickets go on sale this week, so uh, so look out for that. He's getting all the plugs in. He's getting all the plugs in. So there's something else that I want to talk to you about as well. Thank you for sharing all of that. I think that would be really useful for, for any organisation that is thinking about going through that process. Um, but you've just announced something which I think is super, super wonderful, and I'd love to hear a bit more about it. So it's just been announced that in partnership with the National Forest, you're going to be creating a memorial woodland, which is a new woodland to commemorate all of the lives that's, that have been lost during the pandemic. How amazing. Yeah, it's... Um... It's it's a it's a privilege to to be involved in a project like this. You know, the the last uh, twelve months or so, of course, has been tough on on absolutely everybody. And uh, you know, it's a tragedy that's still unfolding, isn't it? So um, you know, it, it is difficult. And, and there is a time when people want to come together and remember and reflect. Um, and, and the memorial woodland is very much uh, designed to for everyone that's lost their lives as a result of of COVID. And that includes the people that you know have misdiagnoses, haven't had treatment uh, have had their mental health um you know irreparably damaged by it so it's not just the people that tragically have lost their lives because of, of coronavirus and you know the numbers of 
civilians that have lost their lives uh, through coronavirus is now twice the number of civilians that lost their lives in the UK in World War Two. You know, this is um, it, it's 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 massive, um, and, and we're very fortunate. Uh, we're in the the National Forest, which is uh, across this part of the Midlands, uh, a project that's been running for uh, thirty or so years um, to reforest uh, this area. So that there's there's this area. Um, we had a lot of um, clay pits, open cast mining, those kind of things, which are all being turned into country parks now. It's uh, it's a lovely part of the of the Midlands, and we've got a long lasting relationship with the National Forest Company. Um, they'd been asked about what they might want to do for moralisation, and right back at, at the very start of uh, coronavirus, people were contacting us and, and saying, you know, what can you do? What will you do? What what can be done? And Fortunately, at around the same time, uh, Tarmac, who are our uh, neighbours, uh, they're quarrying the land around us and uh, the land we're on used to be their, their quarry and, and uh, we had it off them in the mid-1990s on a 999-year lease on a peppercorn rent. Um, there's 25 acres uh, that sits right next to our site um, that they've they finished working with. It's been inert for a decade or so. Um, it's scrubland and, and some old silt washing lakes. Um, so they've now uh, very kindly gifted that over to us as well, likewise on a 980-year lease on a, a peppercorn rent, uh, which has been fabulous of them. So that's given us 20 five acres uh, where we can uh, create the memorial woodland um, and our aspiration is is very much to make it a, um, a living memorial um, something that becomes very very special and you know there'll be memorial woodlands all over the country and absolutely there, there should be and what we want to do is to create something here um, that is memorable is special is living is developing and um, there's so many stories that, that have come out of um, out of the last 12 months so be it the experience of all the, the key workers, uh, the experience of the NHS people, um, the experience of those in care homes, um, the experience of children who, who've, you know, missed going around to friends' houses and play and have missed the rites of passage of, you know, end of year uh, school plays and, and all those. So, so many different stories and actually try and, and bring those together in a living memorial somewhere to, and, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again, commemorate lives lost and, and celebrate lives lived um, and create something that, that really works in, in a very special way. Um, we want it to, to include um, reflection areas, multi-faith or people who know faith can come and, and reflect as well and actually the uh, Westminster Abbey uh, are supporting us as well. Um, we'll be holding a service there uh, in the autumn to dedicate uh, trees that represent all the different faiths uh, from around the, the Commonwealth um, so there'll be a service there that will dedicate those and then those will be some of the very first trees uh, that will be planted in the new the new woodland. So it's, uh, it's a wonderful uh, opportunity and, and yeah we're working uh, very hard to make sure that it's uh, suitable and and fitting for everybody I think that you could not have picked a more perfect location for it as well it's really interesting the things that we've talked about today kind of sum up exactly what the Arboretum stands for you know we've talked about these really fun engaging ways to to look at the stories that you have there and kind of celebrate the, the the land and the people and then we have this wonderful memorial wood that's going to be developed to really commemorate everything that's happened in the past, you know, 15, 16 months. It's, it's fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that wooden will be very poignant and very special. But we also want it to be a place of joy and hope as well and, and hope and looking forward and rebirth and regrowth. And, you know, uh, President Biden said in his inaugural speech about um, uh, healing and remembrance going going together. And, and that's absolutely what we want to do. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm very 
hopeful that uh, in the future will be a woodland where, you know, as well as the opportunity to reflect and remember, there'll be the opportunity to to enjoy and have fun and play and celebrate um, as well. Sounds perfect. When does the work start? When does this all kind of, what's the time frames? Well, the, the work started a wee while ago. Oh, it's, <laughs> in, it's in progress already. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> now, what, what we're hoping to do is uh, we signed a lease on the land um, within the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, we're surveying the land at the moment and, and, and seeing what's there and what we need to, to do. Um, we're hoping to, with the National Forest Company, start a public engagement piece this autumn to really get to understand what people want from it and, and what people's hopes and aspirations would be for the space. Um, and then probably um, start the, uh, the work uh, at the back end of 2022 with a view to having, you know, a visitor's feet uh, on the ground sometime in, in 2023. So, you know, in arboreal terms, quite a, quite a short uh, quite yeah. a short time scale. But, you know, hopefully from this autumn, we'll, we'll be able to talk about people. And, you know, there is an area on our website dedicated to it. So if people want to know more or, or want the opportunity to get involved, um, pop to the National Memorial Arboretum website. Um, there's a contact us form, specifically the uh, Memorial Woodland on there as well. And, you know, we, we'd be absolutely delighted to, to have conversations with people. And even just, you know, going out and publicly talking about it, we've already, that's already opened up some really great uh, conversations with lots of different groups that perhaps we normally wouldn't get a chance to, to speak to. So it's already beginning to develop its own opportunities and, you know, create interesting conversations for us. I love that. Well, Mark, you've done your my work for me because what I was going to say is what we do is put all of the links to all of these things that we've talked about today into the show notes so we'll have links to that specific page where you can get involved and find out a little bit more about what's happening there Um, and we'll put links to Mark himself so you can find him on Twitter and you can find him on LinkedIn and everything again that we've talked about today you'll be able to find in the show notes. Mark we always end the podcast by asking our guests to share a book now, it can be a book that's helped shape your career in some way or a book that you just love. So what have you got for us today? Now, I know, Kelly, it upsets you when people go with more than one book, doesn't it? Because <laughs> it breaks your marketing budget. It does. So I've got 43 recommendations for you. <laughs> so the first 41 of which uh, are books that I love. It's the Terry Pratchett Discworld series. Okay, so, that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, you know what? D- don't put those on, on your list. That, that really would break the bank. But I love the Discworld books. I love the slanted way he looks at the world. I love the uh, they just were. And, you know, um, there's not many management meetings. Where I probably don't quote Granny Weatheracks or Sam Vines or somebody at, at some point. So I love those. Um, the two then the other 42 and 43 one is uh, tom peters uh, the brand new 50 which is a a small book that, that tom peters has done uh, it's been out for quite a while now it might have been the late 90s but effectively it's saying you know think about yourself as a brand it's got 50 tips in there for how you build your own personal brand and i found that very useful having switched jobs a few times of actually saying these are my core values this is what i hold dear to me and you know that's the that's what you get from mark ellis uh, and you know then it kind of helps when you're looking at new opportunities of saying, is the cultural fit going to be right? I know what I want out of a, a role and making sure, you know, the interview is a two way process and it's going to tick the boxes for me. So that's one. Um, the other one, which, which perhaps would be the one that you might want to uh, put on your, uh, on your I Want Mark's book. Um, but it's a book called Why We Buy by Paco Underhill. And uh, Paco Underhill is uh, uh, an American. Uh, he's done a whole bunch of research on uh, 
customer's behavior, particularly in retail. Uh, and I first came across this book in my, my retail years, but it absolutely carries through into, into visitor attractions. And he talks an awful lot about signage placement and product placement. And, you know, if a, a gondola in a shop is just six inches too far out, then when you bend over to pick things off the bottom, people are going to brush past your backside as you're as you're shopping at so actually observing that and moving it six inches might increase sales off that gondola massively he talks about signage and um you know uh being shown a sign for an airport somewhere in a boardroom and saying that's no good and taking it out and standing in the middle of a busy concourse and leaning up against a wall and saying now can we see if that that sign works so it's a great book for that i have to say the pro style irritates me greatly so paco if you're listening sorry about that um it's done in a very uh narrative way and it's probably slightly condescending in places and it's a really quick read but the the messages um i first read it probably 25 years ago and again i, I refer back to it on a on a pretty regular basis in terms of those those core messages so yeah why we buy by paco underhill would be my uh, my recommendation all right well let's let's give that one away then mark because that sounds really relevant so as ever if you head over to our twitter account and you retweet this episode announcement with the words i want mark's book then you'll be in with a chance of winning it good choice with the disc world as well i have to say good choice so my great auntie doris who my extremely naughty dachshund is named after (laughs) she was a huge terry pratchett fan and uh, i grew up with those books and reading them with her and they bring back some really lovely lovely memories when you talk about them so thank you for putting that in my head today also weirdly my dad got i don't know i'm just sharing this with you today but my my dad was mistaken for terry pratchett one night when we we took we took him and my mum out for drinks and um a barmaid came over and said you're him aren't you you're terry pratchett and i was like i think he's dead (laughs) <laughs> that's awesomely cool it's, though it's not me <laughs> it does look a little bit like him i have to say you see that could be a plot from one of the stories couldn't it could be yeah my dad reincarnated as Tony Pratchett. <laughs> that's quite odd it's because he's a hat wearer and he's got a beard that's there it. you go that's all it takes anyway don't know why that came out but thank you for putting that in my head as well mark it's been so lovely to chat to you today i've really enjoyed it um I think there's just some wonderful things that are happening at your attraction. I cannot wait to come and see it and meet you in real life. Yeah, no, well, thanks for having me, Kelly. And as I've said before, you're welcome up here anytime at all. Look forward to seeing you. Thanks for listening to Skip the Queue. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find us. And remember to follow us on Twitter for your chance to win the books that have been mentioned. Skip the Queue is brought to you by Rubber Cheese, a digital agency that builds remarkable systems and websites for attractions that helps them increase their visitor numbers. You can find show notes and transcriptions from this episode and more over on our website, rubbercheese.com forward slash podcast.